Hello and welcome back to the podcast. Broken Nasa Show. Hello, I'm your host, Anthony Perdomo. And we're almost done with the chat with the entire book. And we're definitely almost done with chapter two. Well, or should I say book two, section two, whatever you want to call it, of 1984. So, no other words to say, just roll the intro. Okay, so let's just begin. So, Julia and Winston take a serious risk by traveling to O'Brien's together. Inside his apartment, O'Brien shocks Winston by turning off the telescreen. Believing that he is free of the party's observation, Winston boldly declares that he and Julia are enemies of the party and wish to join the Brotherhood. And, obviously, he's, he believes that O'Brien is already with him and, and has the idea that they'll, they're together they will overthrow the party because, well, O'Brien decided to turn off his telescreen so that none of, no one can see them and no one could hear what they're saying. So, and O'Brien tells them that the Brotherhood is real, that Emmanuel Goldstein exists and is alive and leads them through a ritual song to initiate them into the Order of Rebellion. So O'Brien actually is a, a companion of Winston and he actually does want to rebel because they're the Brotherhood that also wants to rebel, a secret brotherhood. And O'Brien gives them wine, and Winston pro- proposes that the drink to pass. So basically, they want to drink the past away. And Julia leaves, and O'Brien promises to find Winston a copy of Goldstein's book, The Manifesto of the Revolution. And O'Brien tells Winston that they might meet again one day. Winston asks if he means if he means in the place where there is no darkness, and O'Brien confirms by repeating the phrase. O'Brien fills Winston in, in on the missing verses from the St. Clement's church rhyme. As Winston leaves, O'Brien turns on the telescreen and returns to his work. Now, Winston knows and is super happy. Why? Because of the fact that, well, Winston, he knows that O'Brien is with him and actually also wants to rebel against the um, council. And that was basically all of chapter, well, chapter eight on book two basically what we need to know is already we already have it clear that there's a little that there's a brotherhood and honestly it's it's kind of like all other dictatorships in history and all other areas that seem to be getting closer and closer to those described in this dystopian town there's always going to be people who rebel and obviously they would need to keep it a secret through maybe a brotherhood and this is what's happening right now so chapter nine after a 90-hour work week, Winston is exhausted in a, and in, in the middle of a week, Oceana has switched enemies and allies in the ongoing war. So he's exhausted by work because he's been working so much. And he's in the middle of hate week right now. But Oceana has uh, switched their enemies and allies in the ongoing war. So that means that they have switched enemies and now they're attacking more people. And they're different people and are initiating help with other companions that weren't always companions so heaping upon winston a tre- tremendous amount of work to compensate for the change at one rally the speaker is forced to change his speech halfway through to point out that oceana is not and has never been at war with eurasia they want to get it clear that they were never in war with eurasia and all this time this was all a lie 
So rather, rather the speaker says, Oceania is and always has been ours with East Asia. The people become embarrassed and uh, about carrying the anti-Eurasian signs and blame Emmanuel Goldstein's agents for sabotaging them. Obviously, they want to play. They have. They decide to put a blame on different people because, well, they believe that it's his fault. And they exhibit full-fledged hatred for East Asia because they at first they were going against Eurasia because obviously the the council and the big brother just telling them to. But now that they changed their enemies to East Asia, they're going all out to uh, finish East Asia. And in the room at Mr. Charrington's, Winston reads through Goldstein's, uh, the, his book, Emmanuel Goldstein's book, The Theory and Practice of Oligarchical Collectivism, given to him by the one and only O'Brien. And this lent, the lengthy book has like a whole bunch of chapters. And one of the chapter titles taken from party slogans such as War is Peace and Ignorance is Strength. These are all these are all like titles, and it traces the theory of social classes through a his, through a recent history: high class, middle class, low class, the inner party, the outer party, and the proles. According to the manifesto, Eurasia was created when Russia subsumed all of Europe. Oceania was created when the United States absorbed the British Empire, and East Asia is made up of the remaining nations. These three nations keep their reflective populaces preoccupied with the perpetual border where war in order to preserve power among the high class. So, the, the book basically explains more on what each area is, explaining how Oceania was created, Eurasia was created, and also East Asia. And it's kind of confusing, but we know that United States basically took over the British Empire, and that's how Oceania was created. And Russia took over all of Europe. That's how Eurasia was created. And all of the other nations that weren't with that are East Asia. So, uh, Goldstein writes that the war never advances significantly, as no two allied nations can defeat the third. The war is simply a fact of life that enables the ruling powers to keep the masses ignorant of life in another place. And he's basically saying that the war is used to change the 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 civilians point of view they want to distract them from what's really happening in the world or in their area by doing something like starting a war and as winston reads julia enters the room and flings herself into his arms she is casually glad to know that he has the book after half an hour in bed together during which they hear the red-armed woman singing outside winston reads to julia from the book Goldstein explains that the control of history is the central tool of the party. He adds that doublethink allows underparty members to be the most zealous about pursuing the war mentality, even though they know the falsity of the histories. He adds that many of the people go along with what the Big Brother does and says, even though they know that it's wrong. And Winston finally asks Julia if she is awake. She is not, and falls asleep himself. His last thought is that sanity is not statistical. And that is basically all of chapter 10. I mean, chapter 9 and 8. Thank you. Have a wonderful day.